9 to 14. To then the 23rd number of Psalm. Verse number 6. supposed to be the house of mercy is not always such that we find 
uh, places that we go where people are supposed to show forth the word of God and the love of God, but it's not always so. And so we found this man laying there. The Bible says that when Jesus saw him lie, and we looked at the two definitions of the word lie. One meant that his position was that of a lie, and the other, without him even saying a word, he made a statement to Jesus uh, that he was laying at the house of mercy, but he was lying in that he didn't come to really get what we thought he came to get. And so we determined from that that there are people who come to church sometimes uh, saying or declaring that they desire God, but they don't really want him. And we determined from that that you can watch body language, you can watch people. As they come through the door, they say they have Christ, but they don't want to speak. Uh, they say they have love, but they don't show forth love. Amen. And so we determined from that that sometimes you come across folk whose body language will lie. Jesus then asked him a question, will thou be made whole? And he asked this question to uh, kind of spark the man's faith because there was something about this man that made him different from everybody else who was laying there or who those who were in the porch. What we found is that there are people who try to bring the porch mentality to the house of mercy and it just don't work that way. Amen. That we should not just be observers of what's going on at the house of mercy, but we should become participants in what goes on at the house of mercy. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we understand this as we move forward with this. In verse number eight, I found it uh, in particular that Jesus says to this man three different things. Number one, he says to him to rise. Number two, he says, take up thy bed. And number three, he tells him to walk. And I couldn't leave this thing alone last week. And the Lord continued to deal with me concerning this man and the condition that a lot of us are in. He gives him a command. And before we go any further, I need you to understand what the bed truly represents. He tells this man because this man had become comfortable right where he was. He had become content right where we, he was. The word content means to be satisfied with what one has or is not wanting more than what he already has. This man had become content for 38 long years. He had become to content with just going to church and going home, going to church and coming home. And nothing about his condition or his situation ever changed. He had become so satisfied with not having enough that he thought that was the best that God had. But I want to challenge each of us today that it's time to move. That no matter how good you feel like you have it, there's always a place that God is trying to take you to that is better than where you are. It does not matter where you are physically or in the natural. God has another place spiritually. He may not move you in the natural, but in the spirit, he's trying to move you higher and closer to him. In the name of Jesus, I declare that we shall get there. And so we shall not be delayed, we shall not be denied, but we shall get to where God has for us to be. But the first thing that you have to do if you're going to move out of your contentment, watch this because, I, and I don't want to miss this, but that this word content has some synoptic words with it. And I found this to be kind of funny, fat, dumb, and happy. 
Yeah, that, those are the synonyms. You can look it up for yourself. Not only does it mean to be comfortable, but it means to be fat, dumb, and happy. Because what happens when you lay in the same place for so long? Now, yeah, you ever been in the bed? You ever uh, had or been over somebody's house? And it happened at your house. But you ever been over somebody's house who had a couch for a long time? Yeah. And you can tell what's their favorite seat. Yeah, low, low, low. On the couch because it's going to be the put the, the cushion. That has the most wear. You can tell where they sit because they. Yeah. Yeah. And after you stay in a place for so long, your condition begins to fit around you. That's it. That's the truth. That's one of the things that makes it so comfortable. You ever had them people say it just fit me so well? Yeah, that's because you've been sitting there for so long. At first, it probably didn't. But after sitting after day after day after day, and you become comfortable, your body begins to lay out the print that it's going to have in that seat or in that bed. This is what has happened to that man. He's so sick that he doesn't even realize it any longer because he's been there for so long. And so he says, it's time now for you to move from this place of contentment, this place that you've been in. Because what happens after you stay there for so long is you become easily frustrated, easily irritated. Every little thing will get on your nerves when you've been in the same place for too long. You can tell when your season is up. You can tell when it's time to move, when you're easily irritated and frustrated. And stuff that used to bother you don't bother you. When things that used to make you happy now bring you pain. It might be time. So now this man says, uh, when Jesus sees you, Jesus said, well, if you want to move from that place of contentment, I have three things that you need to do. The first thing you need to do is rise. Uh -huh. hmm. Somebody say it with me, rise. rise. That word rise means to arouse from sleep, to stir up. To arouse from sleep, to stir up. Before you can do anything else, the first thing I have to get you to do is rise up above where you are. Before I ever move you physically, you can rise up above the condition and the situation that you're in. You can rise up above it mentally. You have some people that will be in a situation and a condition and that situation and that condition will begin to identify them and they will begin to be known by the situation or the circumstance that they are in. Right. Tell me to prove it. Prove. Go back a little bit to verse number 7 then. Uh, John chapter 5 verse number 7. What does it call him? The impotent man answered him. We never learn his name. We never learn uh, where he's from. All we know of him is his condition. He had been in that situation so long that that situation now defines him. And what Jesus says unto him is, I know what people have said about you. I know what it looks like to you. But it's time now for you to rise up above everything that the label they put on you. It's time to rise up above that. Shake somebody and tell them it's time to rise. Well, there's, there's only a certain thing, there's only a few things that can cause us to really be uh, uh, stirred up. And the one thing that we have now that can cause us to be stirred up, number one, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if he lives inside of you, will cause you whenever it's time to move, he'll stir up something in you. The second thing that you can stir up is yourself. We were admonished by Paul where he said that each of us ought to stir up the gift that is within us. You can cause yourself to want to move. Yes. 
The way that you do that is by having a little bit of a, 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 a your own intrinsic motivation. Instead of waiting on somebody to motivate you, I'm motivated by myself. I don't need anybody to tell me that it's time to move. I'm ready to move because I want better. I need to let you know that first and foremost, God desires to take us from good to better. Yeah. If you go back through the scripture, you travel back through the scripture, you'll find that God was always bringing his people into something better. Somebody shout better. better. He's always trying to bring us into something better. God's desire for his people is that we would be in a place of continual blessing and an overflow blessing. Not a place where we're just barely getting by. Not a place where you're content now with living check to check. Not a place where you're content with having to beg and to borrow. But to bring you to a place where you now experience overflow. Where you now experience continual blessing. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm going to show you this. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. The key to this, the key to rising up is to realize and recognize what it is that God has for you. If you don't realize that what God has for you is better than where you are, you will never rise up. As long as you feel like you have his very best, you will stay right there. But the moment that you realize and recognize that God has more for you, you'll begin to rise up just because of the word that's in you. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 28. understand completely what he's trying to bring us into. We'll get comfortable right where we are and some people, when many people die right where they are, content with what they have because they don't understand God wants to give you more. And it's not just material things, but it just so happens that material things are a part of what he wants for you. Amen. You will experience all of these things. Let's go back to verse 1. Go to verse 1. We'll start there. Going all the way down to verse 14. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above. Somebody say, Rise up. Rise up. He'll set you high above all the nations of the world. Verse 2. You will experience all these blessings if, shall if. If you obey the Lord, your God. Verse 3. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offering of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and bread boards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. 
They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Mm. Amen. Look at that. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. Somebody should have shouted right there. Mm. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. Yeah. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his way, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, mm. blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. My Lord. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's on. Uh. The Lord will send rain. Yeah. At the proper time <laughs> from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many yeah. nations, but you will yeah. never need to borrow from them. Oh my mama, mama. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today and will carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head yeah. and not the tail. You will always be on top and never at the bottom. Yes. That's good stuff. You must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. Did you hear that? Yes, indeed. God's desire is for you to have all of that that he just said. If you go back to Exodus chapter 3, verse number 8, he swore to the children of Israel that I'm going to bring you into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. The key word here is flowing. The ING symbolizes a continuous flow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Milk and honey symbolizes nutrition and sweetness. I'm going to give you everything you need. Yeah. Prosperity, everything, health, wealth, and strength will be there. I'm going to supply it for you. And guess what? There will be no end. It's going to be flowing continuously. I told you that God wants to bring you to a place where he has you flowing continuously yes. in his blessings. And there's always an overflow, never a shortage. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So the question then becomes, well, God, why am I experiencing all that God has for me? Well, if you go back and read that, these things are contingent upon you doing a couple of things. First of all, you got to hear the commands. Number two, you got to obey them. Yep. Amen. That's it. Number one, you got to hear them. Number two, you got to obey them. I challenge you to do this because if the man had not gotten up, then the man would not have experienced the overflow. But because Jesus said rise, the first thing he got in his spirit was that forget what I've been through, I can get up. He, he had worked in 38 years. But when Jesus shows up, turn down just a little bit. When Jesus shows up and says, rise, he got up. What that means is, it doesn't matter what everybody else has said. It doesn't matter what your reality is. When God gives you a word, it's time to rise up. 
regardless of what they say. Yeah, he had to stir up something in the man first. The second thing he tells the man is to take up your bed. Take up your bed. That place where you've been, rest in that. Take it up. The Lord told me, I was studying this thing. He said to me, I got three things that I want to say concerning the bed. The bed represents your past, your present, and your future. I had to write this down because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss this. There are some of us who are haunted, humiliated, and held hostage by our history. Then there are those of us who are penalized, pained, and punished by our present, which causes us to be fearful, frightened, and faint-hearted concerning our future. You are haunted, humiliated, and held hostage by your history. Mm -hmm. Penalized, pained, and punished in your present. Mm -hmm. Fearful, frightened, and faint-hearted about your future. Mm -hmm. God said, but today you need to be delivered from what was. Jesus. <laughs> Protected from what is. Yes, yes. And you shall determine what shall be. My Lord, you got to be delivered from what was. And understand that he's protecting you from what is. And because he's protecting, you can determine what shall be. You can make sure that the next 38 years won't be like the last 38 years. That I laid in that condition for too long. And now that I have a word from the Lord, number one, I might, you might see me in the same place, but I have a reason. I done raised up from where I was. I, I done elevated from where I was. I done levitated from where I was. You still looking for me to be the same, but God has elevated. Yeah, look at somebody and tell them I'm elevated. He says, take up your bed. Bed represents your past, your present, and your future. What Canaan was to the children of Israel, the kingdom of God is to the believer today. What Canaan was, a land flowing with milk and honey, mm -hmm. is what the kingdom of God is to the believer today. The kingdom of God is the, the Canaan of today. When God says you're born again, you are born into a family that everything in this family is overflowing. The blessings are overflowing. Everything in this family is blessed. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, let's get on to this. Watch this in John chapter 5. Go back to the text. The Bible says, and immediately the man was made whole. But I need you to understand that before he could be made whole, he had to follow some instructions. Somebody say instructions. If you're going to get everything that God has for you, you're going to have to stop living like you don't have some instructions. You're going to have to start living like the Lord is the Lord of your life. And can I drop this on you? That God is going to deliver you from everybody and everything that's ever laid in your bed. Woo! Well, they don't catch it till I'm halfway home, but I'll share it one more time for those of you who didn't get it. God is and has, that's Lord, is and is going to deliver you from everybody that has ever laid in your bed. Come on now. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's hindering you from rising up because they got some stuff on them. That's why you got so many emotions. That's why you got so many different feelings in you because you shared your bed with the wrong. You ain't got to say nothing. You done, you done laid in the wrong bed and now God says because of that, I need you to rise up above your past because everybody know who done been in your bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I'm in the wrong house. But he says it don't matter what you did back then. I'm reminded of a woman that he said, I must need to go to Samaria. He met a woman at the well who was there to pick up some water. And he, the Bible says that he told her of every man that she had ever picked with. He said, man, I let me deliver you from your past. He said, you had five husbands that like yours. And the way you got now ain't yours. But he said, I showed up not to convict you. I didn't show up to condemn you. But I came to set you free from what was and to protect you from what is so that you can determine what shall be. The Bible says that he told her that this water that I'm going to give you, you're never first again. You won't have to come back to this well. He said, woman, the day is coming and now it is. We they that worship the Lord will worship him in spirit and in truth. You won't have to go to Jerusalem. You won't have to go to the mountain. But you'll have to look inside of you. The Bible says that she left that place and went into the city and began to preach to some of the same men. All she did was rise up. All she did was stand up her bed. All she did was walk. And she said, I'm letting go of what was. He's delivering me from what he is. And I'm going to tell him what shall be. Bible says, so the same men that he tried to be with her, some of the same men that knew she had a reputation, some of the same men with the same words that she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. I'm no longer ashamed of what I did. I'm not ashamed of what I've done. He turned my misery into my ministry. He turned my testing into my testimony. Oh, my. Last week, yeah, yeah. remind you of 
you were last night. And if you're not careful, that you'll lay down with God the Son, and you'll begin to say, you know what, I guess I ain't gonna never get rid of this. I ain't gonna never live this down. But guess what? People may never forgive you, and people may never forget. But two things have to happen. Number one, you got to forgive yourself. Before you can come to him and ask him for forgiveness, you have to be willing to forgive yourself. And after you forgive yourself, he can forgive you. Watch his answer. He answered them and said, yeah, the man that made me whole. He the one that told me take up my bed and walk. They're not concerned with the walking part. They're concerned with the bed part. Wear it about the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They asked him. Who is it that told you to take up your bed and walk? He said, I don't know who he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, let me just take a time out right there. And maybe somebody can relate to this experience. I can remember being a little boy in church and seeing folk get what we call happy mm -hmm. and I can remember sitting in church and feeling something mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was didn't know who it was I wasn't paying that much attention but over time I learned who it was yeah. Yeah. and I learned what it was uh -huh. as I got older I understood that what I was feeling was the Holy Ghost yeah. 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 and who it was was Jesus the Christ yeah. he said I don't know who it was but a man showed up and told me to get up the Bible says in verse 14 that he didn't even go looking for Jesus. I like this part. Jesus came looking for him. He was supposed to be trying to find who had done this for him. But the one who had done it for him was looking for him. While you're looking for him, he's looking for you. Watch this talk. Jesus says to him, yeah, you've been made whole. You've been delivered from everything that has ever held you back. But he says to him, if you sin, 
where you find yourself at now is going to be eradicated, erased, and you'll be worse than you were before. And so, I was a little bit confused, church, because the disciples asked a question before about a man that had a sickness. And they said, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. It don't even matter who sinned. This sickness is for the glory of God. And so as I looked at this story and I asked the question, Jesus, why did you go back and tell him, why did you have to find him? And he could have been looking for you and you could have been killed because you violated the Sabbath and you put all of that at risk to go back into the temple to tell him that yes, you've been made whole, but don't sin no more or you'll find yourself in a worse state. And the Lord showed me this one very important thing that the enemy don't want you happy with where you are. He don't want you happy with progress. And the enemy don't care who he used to try and reign on your parade. The moment that you decided to fight it out, the moment that you decided that you was going to stick with it, the moment that you decided not to quit, the enemy said, I'm going to use everybody and anybody that I can use to get you to sin. He said, notice that he didn't say you sin the same way. He just said sin no more. And the church folk were trying to get the man to sin, to get him to give up what God had done for him, to get him to give back the blessing. I wish I was preaching to some folk that ain't gonna apologize for being blessed. Ain't gonna apologize for rising up. Ain't gonna apologize for getting delivered. Ain't gonna apologize for God elevating. I'm not gonna apologize because he's promoted. I ain't gonna apologize because he's glorified me. I'm not gonna apologize because he anointed me. I ain't apologizing because he famous me.
Yeah, see, they had already got word of it. Yeah, but they knew who it was. They just wanted him to verify. Yes, yes. Let me go ahead and verify then. Because y'all saw me over there for 38 years and kept going to church like wasn't nothing going on. Y'all left me over there. Poof. But then I beat him one day, one time. He told me to get up, I get up. You can't get mad because he did it one day. But you couldn't do it 38 years. God can make a fast forward some stuff. But tell me, he wants to do it. And I say, they give me one minute. Just hold on one minute. Look at somebody and just tell him walk. Walk. Good. Good. Just walk. Let's walk. When they, they see you walking, they're going to ask the questions when they see you walking. Yeah, they've they been used to you just laying there. When they see you walking, they're going to want to know. You got a new man, I sure do.